Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, The Kamish. This is a NBA episode. This is a special episode because now we're talking playoffs. Playoffs. We are talking about the NBA playoffs. But more importantly, we are talking about the play-in tournament. Play-in tournament, yes. The play-in tournament has only been in existence for two seasons now. We get to see the play-in tournament in all its glory. We are elated. No, 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 no. Let me stop. Let me backtrack a little bit. The commission is elated about the play-in tournament. We don't give it enough credit. Maybe because it's brand new. Maybe because we don't take the time to really understand why we need a play-in tournament. But if anybody watched the play-in tournament this past week, outside of maybe having a team that you had to watch play-in into the playoffs, it was must-see TV, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why anybody would not take the time out to watch the play-in tournament. Shout out to anybody or everybody in management of the NBA that came up with this idea because unlike LeBron James, I wouldn't wish them fired now. I wouldn't want to sit there and say, ah, they don't deserve a spot there in the big house there in NBA land. They made the best idea of allowing mediocre teams a chance to play for mediocre positions in the playoffs. We're talking about the seventh and eighth seed, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about two seeds that in, in the big the big scale of things the big picture of things are completely irrelevant we don't see the seventh or eighth seeds beating the number one or number two seeds can that actually happen from playing into the playoffs but i can tell you this much i love what i saw between minnesota and the clippers i can tell you this much i love what i saw between the nets and the Cavaliers. I can't say the same about the other game. But I, I was happy to watch those games go at it. Because this was a one and done type of situation. Now, interesting enough, if you are the AC, then you have new life. If you are a team that's playing for a shot at the seventh seed and you're not successful, you have another opportunity to play in for the eighth seed. Seems a little different if you are the ninth and tenth seed because you're automatically disqualified. It's just the fact that of the two worst teams to have a shot to play into the playoffs, for them to go at it, you could be eating popcorn or eating your wings or what have you, drinking your Kool-Aid or your soda, and you're watching this game, and you're saying, why am I watching the ninth and 10th seed go at it? But you know what? For the Pelicans, that might have been their Super Bowl. That might have been their NBA Finals. If you're talking about the Hawks and the Hornets, for the Hornets, that might have been their Super Bowl. It's just that you provide a new life. You give these teams a chance to live 
for a chance to play in the playoffs. They flatline and you decide to go out there and shock them back to life. Get the defibrillator out there. Now these teams have life and a chance to go into the playoffs. It's amazing. It's amazing when you see these fans light up the room. The energy that just lights up the room. This is what I saw in the play-in tournament. But not many people are talking about the play-in tournament. Why? Because it's it's not the playoffs. For some people, it's just you're dragging out the inevitable. It's almost like you're we, we know what's gonna happen next, but yet we wanna watch this slow death take place. So we watch the play-in tournament. I think for those that pretty much predicted the Nets to be the seventh seed, there you go. You got your wish. Those that predicted the Minnesota Timberwolves to get the seventh seed, there you go. You got your wishes. So, hey, we know that much to be true. Those teams didn't change a beat. It's the other teams we got to be concerned of that try to get into the playoffs. And that's just for the eighth seed. So you play this hard just to make sure you solidify the AFC. But if you're an organization like New Orleans or Charlotte or Atlanta or or, or the Spurs that have been struggling for years now, this is important. Maybe maybe this won't provide any type of financial um, retribution or it won't provide any type of financial stimulant down the road where you're trying to somehow upgrade your team, uplift your team, or man, this is just for a chance for you just to go to the playoffs so that you can face the number one seed, so that you can face the number two seed. But nothing is going to take away what I have etched in my mind when I saw Patrick Beverly go crazy after a win against the Clippers. Yeah, it was the play-in tournament, but it meant something to him. It meant something to Patrick Beverly. It meant something to that Timberwolves team, and it meant more to that Timberwolves fan base that sat there and watched that tight game between the Timberwolves and the Clippers. And that's not to say the Clippers couldn't have won that game. It's just more so the fact that it meant more for the Timberwolves to do something about this particular seeding, this particular time in life to win for a chance to go into the playoffs. So they succeeded. They were going out there and they completed their mission. Patrick Beverly is beside himself. He's crying. He's running. He's throwing off his jersey. Then you, you know what? I like it. I like that energy that he provides for the team and for that organization and for that arena. Will they ever get a chance to really play a game seven and then probably not. But one thing stands true for where the Timberwolves are now against the Memphis Grizzlies. Watch out. Am I making any predictions here? Maybe not at the moment. But I like the Timberwolves chances just feeding off that energy that they had and feeding off each other with a great chance to go out there and make some noise against Memphis. The only caveat here, if there is one, would be the home court advantage, of which you have to give it to the Grizzlies. John Morant will be ready, and that team will be ready. But that team and the 
Minnesota Timberwolves team feels like a wash. It feels like you're talking about mere images of each other. I don't see an advantage in either team going into the playoffs. But I know one thing is certain. They're two young teams that have something to prove and they have their own all-stars on those teams to make something work. On the Eastern side, on the Eastern Conference side of the playoffs, the Nets now look like the team to beat no matter who they're playing against. It's the funniest thing in the world. I can't stop myself from smiling or laughing when I hear that the Nets have a chance of beating the Boston Celtics, a team that has the best defense in the NBA. You can't help but you can't help but laugh. That's not to say it can't happen. But what are we talking about here? We're talking about the playoffs and the Boston Celtics getting the two seed, winning over 50 games at a time where they were 500 for most of the beginning of the season. This team finds new life. They go out there and make some trades. They bring in Derek White. They bring back Daniel Tice. This is not the same Boston Celtics team as last season. It's not. However, KD has Kyrie Irving again. Kyrie Irving won't miss any more games unless he goes to Toronto, which is probably a long shot at this point. But it's still the fact that we're providing life for the Brooklyn Nets because we think in the back of our minds they're the better team than the Boston Celtics. Hold up. Whoever said that they were the better team than the Boston Celtics? I think we're looking at this through different lenses because from what I saw the Boston Celtics over the last several weeks, they're even say the last three or four months, these this team could not be beat. As a matter of fact, at some point, They're one of the best teams in history to play their opponents on the road and destroy them by 20 points or more. I didn't hear Brooklyn do that. I didn't see that come from Kevin Durant and that team. And that defense is lousy. That's a lousy defensive team. But we swear up and down they're going to beat Boston. Please. Let me save you guys the agony right now. For where seven and eight seeds play out, going into this playoffs this weekend. Make no mistake about this. Number one seed will be the Miami Heat. The number two seed will be the Boston Celtics. Number three seed will be the Milwaukee Bucks. Number four seed will be the Philadelphia 76ers. And then everybody else after that will have to do their best to take these guys, these teams, out of contention. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't see it. Ha- I don't see any upsets in the East Coast. I don't see where anybody's going to sit there or stand there and mark off on their pad or place bets on these teams to say that this team will upset that team. I don't see it. Yeah, the Nets may have a good chance of upsetting the Boston Celtics, but that means that the Boston Celtics would have to sleep through game time preparation. That means that Jason Tatum would have to break both legs and Jalen Brown would have to break both legs for the Brooklyn Nets to have a chance to win this. I mean, come on. Kimmy's is like, you got to be Kimmy. Stop it. It's amazing how these commentators, these journalists, these analysts all say, say oh, Brooklyn's got their chances. Really? Last I checked, Ben Simmons still ain't suiting up. Last I checked, 
we have to force this guy to believe that he doesn't have a bad back. <laughs> Hasn't played a, a game of basketball in nearly two seasons, two years. But yet, we just know the Nets are going to beat Boston. So I'll, I'll, I'll try to give my predictions now while I'm still thinking about it. And I want to concentrate on the Western Conference team first because what I did last season, I didn't go out on a limb and make this prediction. I pretty much knew straight from the soul, deep down in my heart, that the Phoenix Sun would be the team to beat. The Phoenix Suns team is on a mission. Listen to me closely when I tell you. Since the bubble two seasons ago, the Phoenix Suns have had something to prove to everybody that have been watching them play over the last two seasons. They finished the regular season with the best season, excuse me, the best record for the season with 64 wins. Most teams that win 60 or plus wins usually, more than likely, go to the finals. Go to the finals. A lot would have to happen for the Phoenix Suns for them not to make the finals. And I had made mention of this before, without digressing much further, that the Phoenix Suns is a different team with Chris Paul and Coach Monty Williams there to orchestrate this team to be contenders. To tell people that we are no joke. We are the best team in the NBA. And we have no reason to doubt anything any different. We take this work seriously. We take what we do. How we play you guys seriously. And I think this will all come to a head this season. As they shoot for a championship. I'm, I'm, what I call this now later. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't see why the Phoenix Suns do not win the chip. Barring anybody getting hurt. Obviously. I don't see how the Phoenix Suns will not get the chip. Now I'm looking at the Eastern Conference. And I'm thinking to myself the same thing. These teams are mirror images of each other. However, you do have four teams out of the Eastern Conference that have over 50 wins this season. That's a major feat. People don't really understand. For four teams win over 50-plus games, it's not miraculous. But it's amazing. It's an amazing feat. Call it for what it is. I mean, for what the Miami Heat did this season is amazing. For what Boston did this season was amazing. I'm calling it for what it is. I had no clue. If someone had told me in December that, you know, everything would be fine, that Boston would have the number two seed going into it, I said, man, get the heck out of my face. There's no way this guy could be right about me. But guess what? They won 51 games. Had some huge wins during this past season. A lot of those wins, as I said before, coming on the road, winning by more than 20 points. This is indicative of what teams that have chances of going to the finals look like. Milwaukee's the same thing. I'm not taking anything away from the Milwaukee Bucks, reigning world champions. I don't see why they can't go back to the finals. 
And this is why predictions are so hard now, because we're just sitting back and just watching these teams win, but it's how they win, who they win with. Milwaukee wins with Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, maybe he'll come back to me, Drew Holiday, of course. They've got people on that squad that can really do work. And they may not play the best defense like Boston, but they're up there. If they're not a top three D, I don't know what else to say about Milwaukee. They're electrifying themselves. Philadelphia, who knows? It's a coin toss with them. But still, even with that being said, if I'm to predict any team coming out of the Eastern Conference this year, I'm leaning on Boston. But I'm only leaning on Boston because I want to see what Milwaukee does the second time around to give them a chance to play in the finals. It's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics for a chance at the finals. So depending on where we are, few weeks from now, when these teams are marked off after their losses, and it's just Milwaukee and Boston left, I'm dying to see how that plays out for one of those teams to move on to the NBA Finals this season. So says the commission. I wasn't going to try to make this more than what it is. I wasn't going to give you a whole lot of numbers. I don't even know if that's necessary at this point. Because if you take the eye test, If you look at how these teams play and you see how these teams have played over the past season, by now, we know what they're capable of. I don't see it changing. I really don't. Barring that somebody gets hurt. Barring that your key man is done for the season. Similar to what we saw with Chris Paul last season when he got hurt late. I just don't see how we can overlook these teams that have done so well during the regular season come up so short now as they contend for the title. But why can't we overlook the Milwaukee Bucks? Because right now, the Milwaukee Bucks, given what Boston has done, they could be the better team in the East. And considering they were in the finals last year, I don't see why they can't do what Cleveland did a few years ago where they went to back to back to back finals against Golden State. Milwaukee can become that new Clippers, I'm sorry, that new Cavaliers team in the East. And they have the LeBron and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And they have a good solid nucleus when you're talking about Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. And then the supporting cast to go with it. It's just the fact that for what I've seen Boston do this past season, I can't overlook Boston and say that they won't go to the finals. They've played exceptional defense. Marcus Smart could very well be the defensive player of the year. Even though he might not have been voted that, I can't think of why he should not be defensive player of the year. He's one of the reasons why this team won 50-plus games. Great decision-making up top there in management with Brad Stevens acquiring Derek White, getting back Daniel Tice, like I said before. Now the the offense and defense are clicking. Now the front court has their big men in place to do work. I hope and pray that Robert Williams III is ready to play in this series. They're going to need him. However, Boston's smart enough to find a way to win. 
even without Robert Williams there in the first round of the playoffs. I hope everybody enjoys what they see at the playoffs. I really do. Because I got to believe that this is what we've been waiting for for a long time without the Lakers being in the tournament. <laughs> Had to say it with a straight face. So says the commission. You've been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. I am the commission. I want to thank everybody again for listening to this podcast. It means that much to me. This is Easter weekend. I haven't forgotten that. Happy Easter to all those that celebrate Easter. For those that practice Ramadan. Shout out to all those guys and ladies as well. I don't disrespect the men and women that have their religious purposes intact. That should not change even for sports. And I wish everybody the the best of the weeks to come for those that may be on vacation, spring break, whatever the case may be. Be safe out there. It means a lot to me. really does. And with that being said, I'm going to close this episode by saying peace and love to all those out there. As I said before, stay safe. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of this weekend. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. When those vaccination uh, clinics are open again, get vaccinated when you can. It means a lot. Believe me when I tell you. And I'm out.